Cohan. Our next guest is very familiar with him and Kendall Brown. Uh, and uh, Paul Biancardi, who does such a great job covering preps and and uh, uh, these these unbelievable high school basketball players across the country, evaluating them, ranking them, and then breaking these stories when they pick uh, universities. Paul, it doesn't seem like, uh, first of all, welcome back. It doesn't seem that long ago we were talking about Kendall Brown and Baylor landing him from Sunrise Christian and and there was so much excitement about that, and it, it's it's got to be kind of neat for you to turn around and, and see a lot of these guys go in the draft all, almost uh, you know a year or two after we talk. You know what, Matt? It really is. When you watch them in high school and you see their development, you see their struggles, you see their progress, then they move on to the collegiate level, and then you get a chance to watch them you know fulfill a dream that they had since high school. It's almost like you're sharing it with them. Uh, so it, it's exciting on my end, uh, and it's very satisfying to watch this. And, and I'm so happy for them and their families because I know the sacrifice and the work that they've put in. Do you remember the first time, Paul, that, that Jeremy Sohan ended up on your, uh, on your radar? Because, uh, you know, Jeremy, right out of the shoot, wasn't quite as high as some of the folks we're about to be talking about and even Keontae George who's already on the Baylor campus but uh I mean it, I in a lot of ways you can call this sort of a meteoric rise from a guy who you know you thought you just he did not seem like he was going to be one and done at Baylor and and all of a sudden you know by the end of that NCAA tournament you started to see that arrow go um is that Paul? Is that r- somewhat rare to see that, or is it fairly common to see somebody uh, go on one of those runs like uh, Sohan did, from from maybe not being as recognized as others to being uh, obviously a number nine overall pick in the NBA draft? Yeah, I mean it. It's it's not common. I, I think of Franz Wagner, who was at Michigan. You know, he came over here as a four-star prospect. Jeremy Sohan, I had him as a four-star prospect. That's where I graded him out. Uh, We don't rank international players because we can't see all of them. So if we can't Mm -hmm. see them all, it's hard to rank them. Um, So we just, but we do grade them and and four stars means you're a high major prospect. So we always had the ability to do so, but the progress was expedited, you know, under Scott Drew and his staff. And what he did was he just continued to get better as the season went on. And, you know, when a lot of guys, Matt, or a lot of teams, you don't know when they're going to break out or move up to their next level of development. Sometimes it takes years. Sometimes it takes, you know, one year. Sometimes it takes, you know, half a season. Sometimes it's the second half of the um, league play where guys, you hear that expression, the light comes on. But once they get it, and they have the ability, uh, and then you see the talent come to fruition. And with Jeremy Sohan, you could always see the high basketball IQ. I thought that was his strength. Um, you know, he's not a deep shooter, uh, but he's a guy who can and make the occasional shot. I liked his defensive versatility. There were times that he would switch out on the perimeter and keep the ball in front, and at his size, at 6'9", that was impressive. And, um, you know, for him to be a lottery pick, though, that that's rare from where he came from. But, again, Franz Wagner uh, did the same thing at Michigan. And, 
uh, you know, I got to know his game when he was at Michigan and I talked to their staff and same thing I did with, with Scott Drew and his staff. And, you know, he moved his feet, he played defense, he caught on to the game quickly and uh, he can impact the game without scoring. And I think that's his greatest value. I would watch another channel like if they put this on ESPNU, Paul, I, I would love to see you. And I know you do a lot of stuff and in, 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 uh, people ask you about the draft because you know these players so well. But I always find it interesting that and I don't want to get I don't want to get uh, try to lure you into any talk about ESPN. But it's always interesting sometimes some of the analysts just have not seen many of these kids, these guys. And you've seen them in some cases since they were seventh and eighth grade. I mean, that has to be, you know, and, and one of the ones um, that, that people have been watching since he was in junior high is this Jacobe Walter. And you had the story on this the other day from McKinney, Texas, uh, and he's going to end up going to this prep school in Missouri. But that's a great. That's another great win for Scott uh, Drew and his staff. I mean, uh, Paul Jacoby Walter. Did when was the first time? And I think y'all have him as the seventeenth overall uh, player in the two thousand twenty three class. When did you, a guy like Jacoby get onto your radar? And and like what what is the like what kind of strides have you seen this player take over the last couple of years? Well, the first thing is uh, the first time I actually saw him um, was at my basketball camp. I have a basketball camp that I do in the Southeast. And one year I decided to do it in Houston. And so I had Harrison Ingram, who, you know, went to Stanford from the Dallas area. And I, and I had Walter come to the camp and uh, I have a really nice picture of him. And I, you know, when he came to the camp, I knew who he was, but he wasn't back then what he is today as a player. So so I had a chance to coach him and, 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 you know, talk to him and get to know him. And he's a fine young man, uh, really respectful, uh, diligent when it comes to off the court situations. And I think that's, you know, what Scott Drew and his staff were attracted to beside his scoring ability, long arms, can knock it down with range. You know, I love his pull-up game. I think that's pretty tight and strong because he gets in there with a one or two dribble and he's got length. Um, you know, he's still got to refine his skills, but he has a lot of natural talent. You know, he plays with, with good offensive confidence. And, you know, he's going to replace Keontae George, who's projected to be a one-and-done. And Scott Drew and his staff have done a, a, an excellent job at developing perimeter players. Um, obviously, we, we know what Scott and his staff have done just in terms of rebuilding the program, revitalizing the program, and then get it to a winning a stature and then a national championship. So uh, this is a big, big recruit because recruiting never stops and you're expected to continue to recruit well, especially when you win. Did you tweet that out, by the way, that old, uh, that picture with Jacoby, Jacoby, did you, uh, did you put that out there? I would love to, I would love to see that. That, that, uh, that really yeah, is a I, neat I deal. I put, it, I, I put it out there about a, a week or so ago. And uh, okay. yeah, it, it, it feels good. Like, guys come to your camp to learn and to grow, you know, and, and to get coached and to go through a, a hard four or five hour session. Um, and, and then you see them again on the circuit and it feels really good to know that you taught them the right things about the game and they were receptive to coaching. And, and at that time I get a chance to, you know, get a little mini evaluation. And, and so it all worked out and, um, 
yeah, he, he was a lot younger then. and Hopefully he'll remember me down the road. <laughs> yeah, Paul Biancardi from ESPN, I think uh, he'll definitely remember you, and, and uh, that's really neat, man. I, I got it selfishly, Paul, uh, and I understand there's reasons for it. I, I, I hate seeing these guys leave. I want to watch him try to lead McKinney to, you know, to state again. He led them to the, the state final. I love watching these kids. I love going to the uh, – the Texas uh, State Tournament, and it, it's just gotten better and better over the years. Uh, it's where I saw Marcus Smart years ago. Uh, just incredible yeah. moments. But I understand they they end up. But in a case like this, what what do you think um, Jacoby can get out of going to this prep school? I believe it's Link uh, Prep is the one we're talking about in uh, maybe close to Branson, Missouri. Is it a year of just uh, focusing on basketball, getting to play against just uh, elite competition. Do, do, you, do you buy into these guys? Keontae did the same thing. You know, he went off to IMG. Yeah. Like, how, how much better can they get making this kind of decision, going off to a prep school, even though, like in Jacoby's case, he's already decided where he's going to college. It's not like this is going to help him, you know, get more offers or anything like that. What's the biggest... What do you think is the biggest upside to him going to a place like this? Well, for most of the guys that I talk to and evaluate and interview, usually when guys make a move like this at this point in time in their career, it has to do with the competition level. It's not to say the competition level where they are is not good. Um, it's just that they get guys like themselves, you know, like talent and like-minded guys on the same team playing against competition of their level it's almost like being on the summer circuit uh, but you're at a high school so you're playing high level competition you're playing with high level guys uh, you know like you mentioned marcus smart he never left uh, the, the texas high school association and he did well take a look at the top three guys in the draft this year matt um paulo banquero chet holmgren and jabari smith they never left their local high school so you don't have to leave. It's something that you kind of want to do uh, for a purposeful reason. You know, some guys go to think they're going to get more exposure or get ranked, and that's an empty fallacy uh, because you're only going to get ranked and you're only going to be, you know, considered a high-level player if you perform that way. So I think in his case, it was just more of the competition level, uh, who they play against, and maybe maybe who they play with in, in practice. But, you know, McKinney, big-time program. I mean, you you don't have to – you don't, have, you don't have to leave there to get more competition, but maybe he wanted more competition on a national stage because they do play an independent schedule so they can play the Montverds, the Oak Hills, the IMGs of the world. You know, I, I'm curious what you think of uh, Keontae as he gets ready to start his college career at Baylor. It may be quick because he's already being projected as a lottery pick in next year's uh, next year's draft isn't it funny paul how these names most of us are hearing some of these names not Keontae, but some of these guys um for the first time and you've been knowing about these guys probably for several years but who's the the, the guy that's projected as the number one overall like it, it it this almost feels like a zion type level uh you know i mean it, it's it, it's it's really kind of remarkable uh, it, it's like as the before this draft could even happen, they started talking about this next big guy, and, and it's uh, 
it's pretty remarkable. You know who I'm talking about. His name's not coming to mind now, but he's he's uh, he's now uh, considered the uh, the the number one overall part uh, pick for sure in next year's draft. Yeah, his name is Victor. I I can't. His last name escapes me, but he is the young man from Europe, uh, with just incredible physical measurables and, and a skill level that yeah. You know, you think when you think of Giannis onto Takumbo, and you think about you know, Zion in terms of popularity. Um, but, you know, with all players that have a lot of upside, they still have to produce. I mean, look at Amani Bates. We saw him at a young age. Uh, you know, the people that do this for a living saw him at 14, 15 years old like I did. Yeah. And in my mind, he was the best, you know, 15-year-old that I've seen since LeBron at that time, but he didn't make progress in his game. Uh, some things outside of basketball crept in. Uh, as well. And, you know, he kind of leveled off and flattened out. And so, uh, you know, he wasn't even in the draft this year. I don't think he could have been based on his age, but he still hasn't picked the school. He left Memphis. So yes, there's a lot of things projected for the future. Um, and, and that young man certainly has to be at the top of the list. Yeah. Victor, you were right on it. Uh, Wimbanyama uh, is the uh, yeah. runaway favorite to be that number one overall pick. And, and that is uh <laughs> And all from, I can say, Matt, is Jabari Smith was the number projected number one pick for a long time until the <laughs> end of the race, and then Paulo Banquero became one. So we can have a lot of fun projecting who's going to be one. It's a year away. Um, a lot of development has to happen, and you got to make sure that you know character flaws don't creep in. But uh, it's an exciting time for Baylor basketball because Keontae George is a bona fide bucket. I mean, he can he can get a shot off just about any time he wants. Uh, he's got long range on his jumper, which, you know, opens up the defense and, and helps driving lines and post play. And he's got a beautiful pull-up game. And when he gets to the basket, you know, he, he's not going to be the most athletic player on the court, but he's got terrific body control to get in there, contort his body, and great concentration uh, to finish it. Good free throw shooter. You know, we use that expression, he's wired to score. You know, that's yeah. what he's looking to do. That's what he's looking to do. He's got to learn what a good shot is because when guys like him, you know, are at the high school level, they, they've got, you know, the ultimate green light. So you have to, he has to make sure that his shot selection falls within the framework of what Baylor is doing. Uh, but certainly a guy you run screening action for, you put the ball in his hands to, you know, create a shot for himself. He can see the floor to find others. I'd like to see his conditioning level get better. Um, he, he needs to get tighter, a little bit more toned. Uh, from the physical conditioning standpoint, I'm assuming that's going to happen over the summer and certainly in the fall. Um, and then you got a guy that you're really going to guard if you're the opponent. Man, I just can't, I cannot wait to see that. You're getting me excited thinking about Keontae uh, George. How, what year was Keontae in school when he first hit your radar? What was the first time you ever saw footage or saw him in person? Yeah, I saw him in person when he was down in Texas. I saw him at an event that escapes me, but as a rising junior. So it was after her soft, after his sophomore season. Wow, that's gonna that's gonna be a lot of fun. And, and the other play, the other guy that's uh, starting to gather a lot of steam is uh, Trey Johnson, uh, two thousand twenty four kid out of Lake Highlands, and uh, Paul, this is a guy that's uh, very near and dear because uh, we're uh, Lake Highlands folks, and man, getting to see him uh, play a lot against Kaysan Wallace out of, uh, out of Richardson, 
and and you know Richardson obviously had two D one big time D one players. Uh, this this will be. I think he is he the number two guard right now in y'all's 2024 rankings. I think that's what I've I've seen, but I I, I kind of get the sense that uh, Paul Baylor, uh, Kansas. I just saw Duke offered him North Carolina just within this past week, but this may be one of the uh, one of the huge names coming down the pike here. Yeah, I had a chance to see him most recently in Louisville at the EYBL. I mean, he just knows how to play and has a good feel to when to get a shot off. One of the best shooters in the class with great size at six, six five. Um, you know, I, I like the way he spots up on, on dribble penetration. I like the way he can take a rhythm dribble or hard dribble right into a shot. And, um, you know, he, he understands spacing uh, and he understands that space is his friend as a shooter. Uh, he's got really good shot preparation, shot mechanics, and he's going to be highly recruited. He already is, and highly coveted. All right. His dad was at uh, was playing at Baylor when I was there. Uh, so I'm hoping. Uh, <laughs> I'm a little biased, Paul. I'm hoping that gives the Bears a little inside track. But uh, they're going to have a lot of competition for him. Uh, talk about Trey Johnson. In fact, Oklahoma State may have been first to the party, if I recall correctly. Uh, he got an early yep. offer from from uh, from uh, Coach Boynton. And, and Oklahoma State. Paul, uh, great to catch up he's with top, you. He's top, yeah, he's top four in our class. Wow. My memory serves me. I believe he's, you know, top four. And I don't know if he's number two. I think he's our, our number one shooting guard. I think he's that good. Uh, you go to ESPN.com. You can check his rankings. But he's a five-star recruit. Uh, he's top five in the class right now. And those rankings are fluid. But in my mind, he's, he's the number one shooting guard right now in the class. Wow, all of 2024. Uh, well, listen, you yeah. always have great information. Uh, don't let Frischilla get all the movie star. You know, he he was he kind of thinned up. I know you were uh, looking pretty svelte last time uh, we talked, and and uh, but uh, yeah, Fran jumped in that Adam Sandler movie. I felt like uh, I certainly think you belonged in that movie as well. So do not let uh, Fran jump in there and get all the. Uh, all those uh, movies, okay? Uh, well, he, he he's he's the movie star of the group, and uh, he does this <laughs> for ESPN. You know, you learn so much when Fran talks during a game. So to see him in a movie uh, that was kind of surreal, and he does an excellent job for ESPN covering the Big Twelve. Yeah, and it was kind of surreal to see Anthony Edwards get under the skin of uh, of uh, Hernan Gomez. <laughs> that was pretty. That was pretty intense yeah. stuff. From a uh, from a trash talking perspective, Paul, thanks for doing this. It's a very busy time, and uh, really appreciate. It. Love all your uh, love your work, and uh, man, I I just hope the the Bears can keep landing these guys that you're uh, you're talking about. Appreciate you being on with us. All right, thank you for having me. Really appreciate you. Bye bye. There he goes, Paul Biancardi, the uh, the the guru of the ESPN. He knows all that stuff follows these guys he sees them from the time they're ninth or tenth grade and then follows them and then breaks a lot of the news when they do go on and decide where they're going to end up playing and uh there's a the the, one of the big reasons we had paul on was because baylor took the mckinney uh high school kid jacoby walter in fact uh, jacoby committed to the bears 
uh, just in the past few days. And we had um, his high school coach on recently as well. So really, really cool stuff.